the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's imperative for us to bring this message of truth in a rational and reasonable way to those that are around us. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're picking up again in the study. This is part two. I've entitled this message, Excuses. We're going to dip into Exodus chapter 4. God points to his own self-existence. I am. He points to his own eternal position. I am. I am the one. I am everything. The only one who will always be here. He is the same and the only God that has existed from eternity past and will be here for eternity in the future. It's interesting to note that Jesus used this very title in describing himself. When debating with the religious leaders, Jesus said to them in John eight fifty six, your father, Abraham, the reason he said that, the backstory is, is he was preaching to them and they're like, hey, look, we don't even know what you're talking about. We only listen to our father, Abraham. Oh. You want to talk about Abraham? You're dropping names? Okay. Well, let me say, he goes, your father Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. Whoa. I mean, how did, what? He saw your day? Yeah. Remember when, you know, uh, there was the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord that ended up being God himself in human form. This was a pre-Jesus sighting in the Old Testament. And remember he came and said, hey, Abraham, yeah, you're 99 years old. Your wife is 89. And next year, you're going to have a baby. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, you remember Sarah was listening at the tent. She starts chuckling. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm going to have a baby. I'm 89 years old. Like that's not going to happen. And then the Lord said, you laughed. Oh, I didn't laugh. Oh, you laughed. (laughs) Oh, trust me, you laughed. And it's like, I'll be back here next year and you will have a baby. You'll be a hundred years old and your wife's 90 and you will have the promised child that I told you about 25 years ago. Yes, that was the Lord. And he saw that Abraham saw him. Yes, him. And Abraham saw my day and he saw, and he, and he was glad. In verse 57 of John 8, it says, the Jews therefore said to him, you're not even 50 years old and you've seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them in John 8, 58, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was born, I am. Whoa, I almost wonder, did the, did the earth rattle a little bit? Did it just like, you know, I wonder if they like fell back like before Abraham was, I am, you know, they all just fall back on their face. Know this, 
As Christians, we must accept this truth on who Jesus claimed to be. Jesus said, Abraham, whom you call your father, longed to see my day, and he saw it. Which they responded again, what? How can that be? You're not even 50 years old yet. He was 33. Understand, there is no mistaking what Jesus said here in John 8, 58. Again, he said, truly, truly, verily, verily. That means, listen up here. Listen up. Most assuredly, before Abraham came out of his mother's womb, I am. What Jesus was saying, he was saying, I am the God of the Old Testament. Which just goes with the very first verse of the Gospel of John, right? In the beginning was the word. Comes from the Greek word logos, logos, logos. It means divine expression. In the beginning was the divine expression. The word was with God. The word was God. In verse 14, and the word, the divine expression, became flesh. And we saw him with our own eyes. Yes, it just goes along with what he has already been said. He is the God of the Old Testament. I am so much more than just the Son of God. I am God. Now I've had many cults try to explain this away. Oh, well, that's not what he was saying. He was just, he meant, I am me. I am me, the Son. Yet that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. Yes, there was no mistaking what Jesus said. And it was completely obvious to the religious leaders of that day that he was speaking to that Jesus claimed to be the one and only I am. Because in the very next verse in John eight fifty nine, they, look how they responded. It says, therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and he went out of the temple. Why did they want to stone him in the very next verse? Because he claimed to be God. And a claim to be God is blasphemy, punishable by death. That is a response that the Jews were commanded to do in the Torah, the Pentateuch, the law of God. Leviticus twenty four sixteen says, Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All of the congregation shall certainly stone him. So if anyone claimed to be God, you pick up stones and stone him to death. Unless, of course, it's God. Not a good thing to do. Yes, Jesus was God in the flesh. And we must accept this truth. We must embrace Jesus for who he is. He is the Savior. The word Savior means the Deliverer who is God. Jesus is the Savior. And of course, you go all the way back where the Creator, you know, was going to come to this earth and die for His creation. That's what Isaiah the prophet said would happen. And in midst of Isaiah prophesying that, he said in Isaiah 43.10, God speaking, before me there was no God formed, there'll be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior but me. No Savior. Jesus Christ, the Savior, the God deliverer of humanity. Yes, it's obvious that the religious leaders, they missed the point. They didn't get it, obviously. 
But what does this mean to us here today? It means everything to us here today. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but through me. As true believers, this reaffirms that we are the real conduit, the vessel that God has chosen to use to reveal this message to this world in which we live in. We are to share this message with the non-believer. That's why this is not a happy holiday we're going into. It is a Merry Christmas where Christ was born, the Savior of all humanity. All must come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Why? Because Jesus said in John 8, 24, You shall die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Every single person outside of Christ will die in their sins. That's why it's imperative for us to bring this message of truth in a rational and reasonable way to those that are around us. Are there those that you know that have not embraced Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Yes, God told Moses in verse 15 that this would be his name forever. Which brings up our point, well, what if, what if I was somewhat willing to do something? What if this happens or that happens? Let's read what happens here with Moses. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses said, and he's adding to his excuse list, what if they will not believe me? What if they don't listen to what I say? For they may say, now we've got hypotheticals, right? Well, they could say this, God, okay. The Lord has not appeared to you. You didn't see some big bush out there on fire. And the Lord said to him in verse two, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and he became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. He's like, whoa, it's a snake. And he fled from it. Verse four. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grab it by its tail. How'd you like to do that? Uh, Can someone else grab it? Okay. So he stretched out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand again. Verse five that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Wow. So here we got Moses. He's coming up with all of his hypotheticals. Well, Lord, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? You know, in life, people are either a pessimist or an optimist. A pessimist is a person who always sees the worst aspect of anything that they're involved with. Hey, let's go to Magic Mountain. You know, Six Flags. No. How come? Well, you know, we could get mugged in a parking lot. Uh, Yeah, we we could. This is California. (laughs) It's like... Or we could go and actually go into the park and ride some killer roller coasters and have a great time. Yes, a pessimist will always lack hope. A pessimist will always lack confidence in the future, while an optimist is the polar opposite of that. They will have a confidence for the future. They think the best of whatever situation they enter into. Well, obviously, Moses is a pessimist. 
And God, wanting to instill confidence in Moses' heart, tells him to drop his staff on the ground, and it immediately turns into a snake. Verse 3 says, Moses ran from it like, whoa! Okay, he jumps back. God gave Moses three signs that he could use to convince the children of Israel that God had sent him. The first, well, was what we just read, the staff being turned into a snake, and then he grabs it by the tail, and it turns back into a staff again. Hey, that's a pretty cool little miracle to have in your back pocket, okay? It's like, all right, hey, that's, I, I wouldn't mind having that, telling people about Jesus, and like, you don't believe it? Watch this, boom, whoa, grab it, back in the side, like, ah, I believe. Okay, so, you know, that's a pretty good thing to have in your back pocket. The second is found in verse six and seven. God told Moses to put his hand in his bosom, and so he puts it inside of his cloak. He pulls it out. It's all leprous, uh, full of disease and skin, like hanging off, like, uh, he says, put it back in, pull it out again, and it's back to a clean hand. Like, that's another pretty cool little miracle to have, you know, and then to complete his little bag of confidence building here, in verse 9, you can take some water out of the Nile River and pour it on the ground and I'll turn it to blood. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Okay, so what do we have here now? We've got Moses. He has clear marching orders from God. Go. God has told him that he will be with him. I will be with you. God has supplied Moses with his little bag of miracles to prove that he's really from God. My staff that turns into a snake, my hand that'll be leprous. It's not leprous, you know, and I can pour water on the ground. It'll turn to, to blood here. So Moses now is fully equipped. He's motivated, encouraged by God himself. Moses is ready to go to do everything that God has called him to do. Uh, no. We got to put his diaper on. We got to give him his baba, you know, give him his banky because he's still not ready. He's actually still, after all of this, Moses is trying to get out of it. Which brings up our final point. God's like, just go. Can you just go? Exodus 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently or in times past. Uh, what? Okay, now you're lying, okay. Nor since then you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He says, now then go. And I, even I, I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you what you are to say. But Moses said, please, Lord, send a message by whomever you will. Just send somebody else. You're... Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And he just torched him. He turned him into fajitas. No, he didn't do that. Okay. Uh, Burned against Moses. And he says, is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? 
I know that he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. Yeah, he escaped his slavery, and he's uh, right around the corner. You don't know that, but I'm just giving you some insight. When he sees you, he'll be glad to see you in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with Aaron and your mouth and, and speak with his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he, Aaron, shall speak for you to the people, and he will be a mouth for you, and you will be as a God to him. You shall take in your hand this staff, which you shall perform the signs. Oh, boy, you can just imagine how the Lord's just like, oh, I'm working with amateurs here. This is amazing. Moses still doesn't want to go. How is this even possible? He's so reluctant. To be reluctant, according to the dictionary, means to have a feeling of hesitation, to be unwilling to assume a specified role or duty. Haven't we all done this? I have. Multiple times. Don't miss what God puts in front of you. Well, that pretty much sums up Moses' life. You know, he's just, I want to miss everything. And now he's fabricating excuses. Who does Moses think he's talking to? Moses says, I've never been eloquent in speech. What are you, lying to God right to his face now? God knows everything that we think before we think it. He knows our days before we had one of them. Listen to what the Bible says about Moses again in Acts 7.22. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power in words and deeds. Moses was raised in the palace of Egypt as Pharaoh's daughter's son. He was well-educated. He was a man of strong and powerful words, along with being a man of great deeds. But he's been out in the wilderness for 40 years. Sunstroke. <laughs> it's like he's tending sheep. He's become a, a stupid sheep. In all that time, God's people have been crying out, asking God for deliverance, and God heard their prayers. What an encouragement that should be for all of us who've been under the heavy hand of hardship in trials. God hears our prayers. The Bible says in Psalm 6, 8, For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord receives my prayer. Just know, God hears every one of your prayers. Sometimes he answers immediately. Oh, man, don't we like that? Oh, God, and you just, boom, you got, bam. It's like, boom. It's like, wow, I love it. You might be thinking, but, Pastor, I've prayed for 30 years, and God hasn't heard this one prayer. Oh, no, three decades ago, God heard your prayer and answered it. No, he hasn't answered it. Oh, he answered it. It was no. Not going to happen. You're asking something that's outside of my will for your life. It's not going to happen. I want to use you in your current state. I don't want to deliver you from this because I have purpose and plan in that. I just need you to come around so you realize that. Then, of course, there's another way that God answers prayer. Yes, no, and wait. Oh, it's going to happen, just not yet. Not in your timing. 
It'll be in my timing. Yes, when we come to the Lord, when we seek his wisdom and we seek his will, we can be assured of two things. Number one, that God will hear our prayer. And number two, that his will will be done. Not your will, but God's will will be done. But getting back to Moses, God said, wait, I've made your mouth. I make man's mouth. I've made every one of your mouths. I've made every single one of them. Now go. Moses, would you just go? I'll be with your mouth. I'll give you the words to speak. Yet that simply wasn't good enough for Moses. So he tells him in verse 13, huh, God, Moses is like, God, just send someone else. This was his fifth excuse, by the way, if you're counting. And what was God's response? His anger burned against Moses. How sad. I wonder how many times God has desired to use us and we just walk away. And we just say, no way, not going to happen. And we just, we lose the opportunity. Good friend of mine, Joe, he's in Florida. He owns a company. And uh, so someone bought, you know, what he sells and he shipped it to that person. And the guy emails his company and says, this piece of blankety blank, 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 blank doesn't work. I want my money back. So all of this really nasty email. I know that because he sent me the whole list of emails. So it's like he, you know, emailed back. Well, did you do this? Of course I did that. Did you read the directions? Of course I read. I read every one of the directions. Well, did you, did you do this? No. Did you do that? It's like, yeah, I did everything. I want my money back. It's like, you know, so this goes back and forth like, 10 emails, like, da, 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 yeah, yeah, you're an idiot, and da, 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 you know, all this stuff that he's saying to Joe. And then Joe's just like, like wanting to unload on this guy, but he just says, he thought about Proverbs 15, 1, that says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So instead of saying what he was thinking about saying, he just said, hey, I just want you to know I'll give your money back. You don't have to mail it back to me. Just keep it, you know, uh, and I'll give your money back. But I also want you to know there's a a God in heaven that loves you and cares about you. The guy emails back. I'm I'm reading every one of these. And the guy emails back and says, I am so sorry. I can't believe I spoke to you the way I spoke to you. No one has shared this with me before. My wife left me. My kids are estranged from me. It's like I lost my job. I had a job interview, and I didn't get the message to go to the job interview. I missed the job interview. He goes, I'm just so frustrated in life right now. And he just started ministering to him and going back and forth. And it's like all of a sudden, this guy's just like, man, someone cares about me? You mean there's a God? And it's like then he sent him, you know, information in core church to, to watch online. It's like, He could have done the fleshly thing and said, well, you know what, you just don't get it or whatever. But he held back and then just said, you know, there's a God that loves you. I wonder how many people are under duress that we don't even know, that there's so many issues that are happening in their life. And all we just get is the, we get the blow off of that. And then we think, well, that person's a jerk or that person's an idiot. No, how about they're going through difficulties in their life and they don't know where to turn? 
Know this, we're not the only ones that lose when we don't share the gospel. The real losers are those ones that never hear the life-changing message of the cross. The ones that are stuck in their sin. The ones that are filled with hopelessness. The people that are lost and discouraged, held and ensnared by Satan in total misery. It was Benjamin Franklin, early founder of our country, that said this, quote, He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else, end quote. We as believers, we are those to give this message of hope to the hopeless. And we're to give it in a way of love and kindness, and we are to give it to those who are seeking any kind of relief from all the misery that we're surrounded in. And that's why Christians should be the voice of reason to those that are freaking out around us. Amen? Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.